You're listening to Glory Days of Gold, the East Fife and Scottish football podcast, with your hosts, Michael McCall and Lee Gillis. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. And welcome to episode number 50 of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm your host, Lee Gillis, joined by our usual guests, Michael McCall, Gordon Henderson and Doug Perry. How are we doing, gentlemen? Grand. Fantastic. All the better for seeing your wonderful smiling faces. It's good to be back in some sense. Uh, Yeah, 50th anniversary, golden a golden show for glory days of gold. It's a nice little segue there, Michael, because um, golden golden showers, because we've been absolutely pish in pre-season. Um, I don't think I could find any other um, description, having looked at uh, all our results. Um, maybe if we could add in some of our goals from the Burn Island Shipyard game into every other game we played, our results might look a little bit more favourably but I don't think that that'll be the case. But before oh, yeah, we go you're into saying the show... pre-season, though, but it's not even pre-season because the season's underway because it's a proper League Cup that we're playing in. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, we didn't actually have much of a pre-season. I think we played TNS in a friendly Burnt Island shipyard and, and not much in, in well, the, the Dundee North End that Chris Rea turned into Ronaldo, apparently. I mean, just at the top of the show, I'm going to be honest, I've not actually seen much of us in pre-season um, due to the fact that it was pay for its streams for the majority of the time um, and I don't really like friendlies, so I've not watched much of them. And the cup games, um, again, being honest, I've been working for them all, so um, not seen too much. Um, I, I know that Gordon's caught a couple of games, etc., so we'll go into the, these guys' thoughts. But before we do, here's a word from the winner of the competition and this year's sponsor. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Yes, so that's the word from our sponsors, East Fife uh, Community Football Club, and thank you so much for their support. This show is also brought in conjunction with Har Barber and Leslie. If you're a gentleman needing a haircut, unlike myself, Michael or Doug, and Gordon, maybe you can get along Har Barber and Leslie for any of your needs. Just go and have a little look at their Facebook page, Har Barber, and get booked in there. So that's all the sponsor stuff out of the way. Thanks to everybody that contributed to the Scratch Card. We raised um, just under £500, which is absolutely amazing, and that'll pay our fees, etc., for the long long haul. So you shouldn't hear much in terms of fundraising from us in the coming months. So, Doug, I'm going to come to you first. Let's talk more 
about how we've assembled, well, I say that very loosely, our squad. There's been a lot of, I mean, cluster fuckery to, to make up a word. Um, we signed Mark McGuigan, who I was delighted with um, as an addition to the squad. I thought he's a proven goal scorer in the league and he just sort of disappeared and let him go to to Celtic, um, which, you know, I think, I believe we've held his registration so that he can't turn out for another team, but he's gone off to, to do something with his degree. Um, we let Scott Agnew, who had a year in his contract, go for nothing um, without commanding a fee to one of our direct rivals, which still absolutely baffles me. Um, in terms of new additions, we've brought back Scott Mercer, who we know well. He looks to have been brought in to play left-back and is certainly an improvement on Pat, who we love, but we know that he's not a, a natural defender. So we might hopefully see a bit more of him in midfield this year. Um, Connor McManus and uh, Scott Gallagher as our goalkeeper. If I had to ask you for a rating of our transfer window out of 10 and you can't give it a minus... How are you, and all joking aside, how, how do, you, do you rate the business we've done so far? Wow. Um, it's, well, it's definitely the most underwhelmed I've ever been going into a football season, I think. Um, oh, I could only give it two, maybe, just to be nice. Um, the McGuigan thing was, you know, one of those things, I guess. Um, he obviously got an opportunity after he'd signed for us, so fair enough in many ways. Um, Agnew, I think that happens quite a lot, Lee, to be fair. I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying about losing a rival, but he gave us good service over quite a number of years. He's getting to move closer to home. I, I, I think that happens more often than you'd think in many ways. I get it, though, to a rival, but... He's, he's got... It's not so much to a rival. It's the, it's the force nothing that, that confuses me. What is the point in us signing and tying these players to two-year plans... Um, or to your plans, God, that's working my head. Um, to to two year contracts that you know they would then go. Oh, you right? Okay, you're you're not wanting to stay. You want to move closer at home. That's okay then. Just you go home, and we'll not command any fee for you. Now I get that it was probably on a decent wage, and we wanted to get that off the books. But surely even a token gesture, a thousand pounds, two thousand pounds, you know, we we should be commanding, in my opinion, a fee for him. Um, I get that there's there's probably a bit of give and take in there, but. That, that, to me, is, is where the, the big mistake lies in that, or do you disagree? No, no, look, I mean, the, the, that's the obvious and correct statement that you made, absolutely, of course it is. Um, I just don't know if it happens all that in lower league Scottish football, but it should do, you're right, you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, to be, I, I don't think we're that bothered about Agnew going, really. I don't think Airdrie fans have been too enamoured with him since he's signed, he looks a bit leggy, etc., which is kind of what we thought. I mean, I think our summary of our pre-season probably was finalised today where you go front two of Mark McGregor and Ryan Wallace and you thought, oh, that's that's good, I like that. Gone, gone. And then Danny Swanson, who you think, well, that's going to be a fully fit attacking midfielder. No word from the club as usual about injuries, but who knows? I reckon he's out at least till Christmas, I would imagine. So you've just had the attacking spine of your team ripped out with a week to go. I mean, I'd have rather lost 4-0 to Burnham Shipyard and Swanson stayed on the pitch for the whole game. Yeah, no, there is that. Just before we go into, obviously, the Ryan Wallace bombshell, which was announced today, and as you can imagine, I've literally only just stopped crying before we started recording this. The, 
I know that the argument from the club around us not commanding a fee for Agnew will be wages off the bill, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But let's try and, and look at this even a little bit more objectively. Say, for example, we've tied Chris Higgins to a two-year deal. You think if we said to him a year ago, we'll tell you what, mate, um, this isn't working out. We are just, uh, we just want you to go. He'd be like, well, actually, no, you're due me a, a year's worth of wages. I know, but you know, we've been good to you and, you know, it, it wouldn't work the other way around. And, and I wonder, are we too soft? Are, have we consumed ourselves in this or encompassed ourselves in this? We are a family club. We will do right by the players. We will do this. We will do that. But in a matter of fact, are we just too nice? I think, I mean, sorry, I know um, Gordon or Michael come in on this as well. I can only imagine going by our transfer dealings this summer that the option came up for him to go and we were delighted to get him off the wage bill. It can be the only only way that's happened. Yeah. Adrian probably I'm went, not, well, we're I'm not going to I'm not sad to see Aggie, Aggie go. I'm, yeah. I'm personally not. I, I thought he was murdered um, for 90% of uh, last year. Um, showed a, a few glimpses of what he's capable of. I'm not sad to see him go. I just wonder if it's poor business. Uh, yeah, uh, no, uh, uh, of course it is. But I, th- I think I think it was to get him up. He'll have been probably in our top two or three highest wage earners. The fact yeah. that we've got rid of both our goalies, you know, to get them off wage bills, there's all that. There's money is not good at Bayview. That there's no denying that it can't be because we are now we are now probably paying League Two kind of wages. We, we must have the lowest budget in our league now. Wow, so that's, that's a huge drop-off. So, that, so I, think, I think the Agni thing would have... I'm guessing he'd have been on about 300 quid a week. It was just to get that back. Cut has to have been. But yeah, anyway, I'll, I'll let someone Gordon, else speak. Gordon, talking about goalkeepers, I mean, I'm still gutted that we lost Brett Long. I thought he was a, a good, reliable keeper. Maybe not so great at coming out to collect a cross, but everything apart from that, in terms of shot stoppers, probably the best in the league. We've brought in Gallagher. What have you made of him so far? I mean, we've conceded a lot of goals. Now, granted, I get that that's not down just solely to a goalkeeper, but you were there today. In fact, I don't, Doug, did you make it down today? No, no. So I think you were the only one asked that, that made it today, Gordon. Um, what do you did you make of the performance today and, and what did you make of Scott Gallagher? So I wasn't there today, but I was at the Dundee United game. Yeah. Um, now, the Dundee United game seems to have been probably by some distance our best performance. And yeah. I thought we actually did play really well. Um, I thought Gallagher had a, you know, a decent game. We actually, United really didn't have too many shots on target, so it wasn't, it wasn't kind of the best test for him. Um, wouldn't really blame him for the goal. It was a one-on-one. Um, but I think, to me, I've not seen a lot of them, um, either at East Fife or other clubs. Um, I, I'm the same as you. I like Brett Long. You know, he may have faults, but it's the kind of thing where, you know, if you've got a player without faults, they're not going to beat East Fife for very long. Yeah. Um, you know, so you can only really go by, you know, looking at his, a bit of his history and what people are saying on Pine Bovro and stuff. And, you know, he's been at some good clubs, but he's... He's kind of rarely been first choice. He's rarely had a kind of full season. And, you know, the reviews from him on online are, you know, probably mixed, I would say, uh, mixed to negative, which makes me think that 
it's a downgrade to go from Long to Gallagher. Um, and as I haven't seen very from Hart to Gallagher. Well, the, you know, there's that as well. You know, is is he better than either of the keepers that we let go? Um, Where's Hart gone? I've no idea. I've not heard. I think he's taking time out. I think he yeah. said he's taking time out from it or something like that. On the BBC site, because I was just getting that up just now, it shows you like where people have moved on to. So Hart is listed as not having a club just now, same with Josh McConville and Aidan McLaughlin. That's the only three that haven't got clubs against them that we've let go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of these things you, you, you don't rush to judge a player until you've kind of seen him enough. But you know, all, all you can go on right now is, you know, he, he doesn't seem bad, but he maybe isn't as good as what we've let go. And it's just maybe another area of the pitch where you feel like, you know, I don't think we're going to be, well, until until like Wallace went, I was thinking, you know, maybe we're not going to be massively worse than we were last season. But it feels like the rest of the league has got a bit tougher. And so even, even standing still probably puts you back a little bit. I think we don't look as good as we were last season. Um, and I think that's one of the areas that potentially yeah, that's the case for. Michael, um, you know, we chatted a bit off air and look, I've been vocal about obviously Darren Young and that I think he's a good coach. We obviously don't know what's happening financially at the club. And I know we are being gazumped by a lot of Clubs offering bigger money. I mean, Jordan Forster is a player we looked at. I believe what we offered them, Kelty doubled. Um, so the, we are get seem to be getting gazumped by other clubs in terms of the the, the the money and stuff that we are giving them. I think that again, trying to 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 take a neutral stance, I can totally understand why the fans are pissed off. Um, totally understand we've, we've not strengthened apart from Scott Mercer who I like we've not strengthened any position we've retained a lot of the guys that you know I, I don't really think are going to take us forward or make us better um, we you know I, I said it on Twitter early on in the summer that you know I've I was worried that clubs around us were doing a lot better business and I got slated for it. Um, and I still stand by that. I genuinely fear for us this season. Um, I genuinely fear for us. Um, like the majority of fans that I've seen so far, and I'm, I'm trying not to be doom and gloom and pessimistic before going in, uh, and before we've even kicked a ball in the, the cinch league uh, one this season. Um, I think it's going to be far from a cinch for us. I... Do you think it's indicative of Darren's transfer policy um, that we retain a core and um, add little bits? Um, now, don't get me wrong, we have got a team that's hampered by injury and by all accounts, I think we've lost two today as well. Yeah. What, what do you put this nervousness down to? Is it Darren's transfer policy? Is it the recruitment? Is it the club finances? If you had to try and put your finger on something, where do you think that that concern comes from? For me, watching from afar, it just looks like every other team has overtaken us in, in the division. Like, we've fallen behind. 
we're probably a step behind some of the League 2 teams right now as well, which is very concerning. I, I'd like to come out full of positives, but I really can't. You, you look at, at who we've brought in. So there's eight guys that we've brought in. Two of them are from Fife Elite, so they're young guys that you can't really expect too much of. You've got a goalkeeper, as you've covered there, who's not as good as the two goalkeepers that, that we've let go, so that's concerning. And his backup right now is a young guy. We don't have any big loan signings secured yet, which might be to come. And if they are to come, then that obviously might change the mood a little bit. Scott Mercer, as you said, I, I thought that wasn't a bad signing. Connor McManus feels from the preseason games like he's going to be the best performers of the guys that we've brought in, which in itself is concerning because midfield wasn't necessarily the worst area of the pitch that we had. We talked a lot last season about Darren Young and his future, and when we were doing our end-of-season review, you guys were all pretty much in favour of bringing him back after we'd calmed down after the Airdrie game. And I I was nonplussed. I was like, eh, if they bring him back, fine. If they don't bring him back, I'm not that bothered by it. And then they announced that they were bringing him back and they announced they had a two-year deal. And my immediate response was, I don't like that at all, which I wish they hadn't brought him back. And it's nothing to do with his transfer policy. It's nothing to do with the start to the season. I just feel we needed a change, we needed fresh blood, and we needed that on the playing side as well as the managerial side. There's definitely something up, as Doug mentioned, behind the scenes, because we are not spending money. We've been a club that hasn't been afraid to put our hand in the pocket in recent seasons, and I don't know whether it's the board have looked at that and thought, well, we've spent money, and we haven't got the success that that money merited, or they spent the money and they don't have any money left. But when you've got Danny Swanson on a big wage bill now out till maybe the start of the year, that's concerning. I thought he might retire, but doesn't seem that he is because he was there today and I'm pretty sure he'd announced retiring but just, just now. And why would you retire if a club's going to pay your wages as well and you're injured? The transfer policy is concerning. I don't know that it's Darren's policy. He's right and keeping a core and adding to it, because that's what all good clubs do. You can't just keep having a, a major rebuilding every single season. We've had that a lot at East Fife over the years, where you let so many of the, the team go, you bring in new guys, it takes the time to gel. You want a core, you want to build on that, but you've got to improve all the positions as well that need strengthened, and we just simply haven't done that. They might have loan signings coming in, but for me, we need four, five, maybe six new faces in this squad, and I don't know that the money's there to do that. I mean, I think you're bang on. I think that I'll probably struggle to disagree with you. I've tried to, again, to, to look positively. The fact that Ryan Wallace just seems to have hands up and went, I retire. And it's totally out of the blue. He just recently signed a two-year two year new deal. Yeah. So Re why, retiring why? is obviously the only way that you can get out of a contract yeah. unless you get transferred to another team. So Look, if something's happened and he's not happy and he said, I'd like to leave, and they're saying, no, okay, I'll retire then. And he hasn't yeah. said he's retired. He's just said he's wanting to, 
to spend time with his family and stuff just now. But you do not come out and say that without there being something up. Yeah. I think by all all accounts, it's a work commitment's changed and therefore his shifts are different, so it's harder to get the time to be coming through to train and play and therefore it would impact his family is what I've heard. But uh, yeah. That's that's fair enough. And if the club are saying, because I mean, you're saying they've been too soft in the past, maybe this time they're playing hardball because they know Wallace is an asset. And it's like, well, we can't just let you go. We've got to get something for but, you. But we've set a precedent now, though. Yeah. That, that's that's the thing. He's been saying, well, you let Aggie go. But they obviously didn't go. want Aggie. It's like they obviously do want Wallace. And I, I'm not sad to see I'm not sad to see any of the guys go apart from the two goalkeepers because they were quality keepers. Yeah. Um, I mean, but that, that's the thing, though, is we've set that precedent now where, oh, well, it's OK, just go then. Oh, you need to be closer to be closer to your family. OK, Scott Agnew, you could leave. Right, okay, Ryan Moss goes, well, I want to be closer to my family. I don't want to commute anymore. I'll leave. No, no, you can't because you've got two years on your contract. But Scott Agnew had a year and you let him go. That That's the, that's where, for me, there's a message coming out and it's mixed messages. And maybe that's why Ryan's pissed off. We don't yeah. know and we're not privy to that information. I mean, Ryan's come out and said that there's been fuck off from the club. There's been nothing from the club. And it's like Doug saying, you know, um, how long ago did we play Shipyard? Two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Yeah. Four. Nothing, nothing on Swanson. Not not a word. Mm. You know, that's why I thought he might retire, but if he was there today on crutches, it doesn't sound like he's going to retire. I've said I've said that for years. The the one thing he's always been terrible about is giving fans information on like injury updates and stuff. It's always been the way. And and some fans have said, Oh, it's because well, why would you want to tell the other teams what's going on? But that's that's nonsense. Um, you, you, think, you know, in Swanson's case, he's injured. So, yeah. Well, I, I seen it on his Instagram. He's sitting in a knee brace and crutches. You know, I, I, that, I mean, that, I, I think it, I, I think to send a tweet. Yeah, I, I think the uh, going back to sort of the broader look at this. I, my problem with not blaming the manager, but try to point it on him is. It kind of goes along the sort of you can only piss with the cock you've got. Excuse that horrendous phrase, but uh, it it has to have come from above. There's no way he's decimating that squad with key, pretty key, experienced guys and letting them go if he's not being told we need to cut money. I mean that like the Christopher Ray thing, the guy that came on trial and impressed. By all accounts, we'd said come on trial, and if you impress, this is the terms we'll offer you. He's gone. All right, come up for the trial. We've gone, cool, let's do it. And he's gone, nah, now I want 200 quid a week more and another five grand signing on fee. So th- those sort of things, there's nothing you can do about that. And fans will go, oh, get him signed. It's like, but it's not that simple. No, I it just is- think, I-, I think it would be, this is where it would be nice to hear from the board. We've been, we've been very, very sort of praiseworthy of the board. They've done a lot of brilliant, brilliant things. But this is, this is a... This is a bit of a crisis. I mean, I have got us, as it stands, comfortable, comfortable tenth place. And I'm talking like a really bad season. Our front two currently are Kevin Smith and Sean Brown. Smith doesn't last many games and Sean Brown doesn't look like he's going to score very often. Hopefully he does come good. We are in absolute, absolute dire straits this season. We, As it stands, we'll get relegated by 15 points. There you go. Well, let's look at that, right? 
I mean, goals from midfield. Where do they where, like? And, and there were there were no goals from midfield last year. Ross Davidson is going to maybe produce his yearly one uh, uh, world day. You know, McManus. You know, he looks like he's going to be our next pen merchant. So you know, he looks like he might just come in and do that. Danny Denham might chip in with a couple of goals, but I've said before I, I like Danny Denham. I like Liam Watt. I don't think they're starting eleven players. I think that they're they're players that you have that beef up your squad. For me, we need and, and I love Kevin Smith. You know, genuinely one of my all time heroes at East Fife. But he's he's not a an every week player. He, he he's got old bones now. Um, Sean Brown, the, the signing of him baffled me in the first instance, but I'll be happy to be proven wrong. Our squad is probably in the bottom three um, by a, a big distance. I mean, I think that literally our best hopes are Peterhead and Clyde. I mean, Clyde's um, signing Johnny Page um, and bringing back, um, was it Taddy? Um, Out of retirement. He's been two uh, years retired and they've brought him back. Yeah. yeah. You know, so the, these names are, What are you saying? They've got a goal scorer. No, good willing. As soon yeah. as you've got a guy that's going to get you 20, 25 goals a season, you'll stay up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, we, we still need uh, the transfer window hasn't slammed shut to quote Jim White. You know, that there, there, there is still time and, and we need to hope that there's, um, you know, there's something waiting in the wings, you know. But we need so many. Happened. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like we need so many and then they've still got to get chemistry. They've still got to gel. I mean, I was looking at it earlier on and I wrote down positions that we need to strength, um, need to strengthen, sorry. Um, and I, I was actually had my head in my hands because I can't see us doing that level of business to improve us. So, I mean, we need a goalkeeper as a backup or to supersede Gallagher, but it looks like Gallagher's going to be number one. We can't have an, a novice goalkeeper as our um, only person behind him. We need another centre-back. I don't think that um, Dunlop's the answer alongside Higgins. Um, don't get me wrong, Higgins is an excellent, excellent player, but we need somebody alongside him. We need two wingers, um, one on each flank. Um, we need two strikers and we probably need a centre midfielder because I think that um, McManus and Davidson are very likely to cancel themselves out as similar sort of players. There's no goals in that midfield. Gordon, you're shaking your head there, mate. Um, um, it, it depends It depends what you mean by need. Need for what? Need for eighth place? We don't need all those players for eighth place. Um, I, I had us finishing, this was before Wallace left. I was writing down what I thought, all the positions and stuff. I had us ninth. I put Clyde 10th. Uh, I know they've got good willy, but I think they're weaker everywhere else. Now, to me, now I'm looking at it, I'm not looking, what do we need to get? The last few seasons, it's what do you need to get fourth? Um, now I'm thinking, what do we need to get eighth? Uh, now, reality is we're not bringing in four or five quality loan signings. We're not doing it. Nobody ever does that. Um, you're looking at young guys and most of the time they're hit or miss. You don't know what you're getting. You know, Jack Hamilton came in last season. Nobody knew whether he'd be fantastic or pish. You know, his roll of the dice, he was fantastic, brilliant. Now, I would say, yeah, centre forward, clearly. You know, Two. we knew... We knew... Uh, potential, I mean, but that's, again, potentially, you know, are you looking for... For pushing for playoffs or just surviving? Yeah. Because for, for for survival, I would say, I centre forward. Um, 
You can get by with one and tinker with the formation, and you've got Kev Smith that's good for a, a few goals in yeah. the season. Yeah. But you um, definitely need that out and out striker, like the Jack Hamilton kind of guy that you that's got to be one of the loan deals. Because there's no way we are obviously going to be able to afford to buy the kind of striker that we desperately are needing. So it's got to be a loan guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the centre midfield, you know, centre midfield is lacking creativity. You know, Davidson, I'm probably more a fan of Davidson than a lot of East Fife fans are. Um, Conor McManus, you know, to me, he's a bit of a, you know, um, he looks a tidy enough player. Not really sure he offers that much. But I think centre midfield is really lacking creativity. I mean, Swanson is clearly the player that Dan Young wanted to be that creative player in the middle. And he said he could be out for months. He could play a handful of games this season. That's a big problem. And that's a two-year contract and he's barely kicked the ball. Yeah, yeah. I think That's a massive gamble that hasn't paid off. Potentially, that is going to be you know, semi-disastrous, and that stops us. You know, if Swanson's with Swanson's wages, presumably we could go out and get a decent player for this level. Well, you know, I, those I, those two to me Ryan, are. Uh, you're going to have Ryan Wallace's wages now, right? So, and mm-hmm. I reckon this ballpark three hundred quid a week, right? We're going to have we still have Aggie's wage three hundred quid a week. You know what I mean? So you know, at six hundred pounds, you know, we could probably get three or four players in for that, but are they going to be the sort of players that improve us? I wouldn't get three or four. You know, I mean, Agnew's wage, I guess that's been sort of factored in to the budget for the season. Yeah, because it might be that they don't have that to pay, which is why they let him go. They knew Agnew was going ages ago, and to me, they've obviously set the budget knowing that Agnew's away. Wallace going, I mean... I would I would have guessed that Swanson and Wallace would be our highest paid players. Probably Kevin um, Smith as well. Potentially, but it means he's at least going to be in the top bracket of wages for us. Now, if he's gone, that obviously opens up something. Now, whether that's um, you know whether there's someone to pick up from that, um, or whether it's getting a you know a loan player that we sort of contribute something towards his wages. That's that's obviously something, but I think it needs to be, you know, almost needs to be used to just replace Wallace, getting an hour forward. Um, I think there's no way, there's no way with, a, you know, now less than a week till we kick off the league that we're going to get a sign in this week that we all go, bloody hell, that's a good sign in. No chance. They've all gone. People don't, you don't sign great, you don't sign quality players at this stage of a transfer window. Doesn't happen. Not, Not at this level. level. Not at our level. Not at all. Yeah. So your only hope that, that is done. Well, your your only or your main your best hope is that one of the premier teams think after all their pre-season games are out the way and the league cup stuff. Ah, uh, this this guy he's maybe not going to be a first teamer, but we need to see him play regularly. Let's send him out on loan. That's where it's going to come yeah. from. Yeah. Or they sign someone and that pushes yeah. someone one level down the pecking order and suddenly he's available. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean I agree, I agree with Gordon in terms of where the, the I mean, I would be beyond delighted if we finished eighth. I mean beyond delighted. I think that would be yeah. absolutely with that score that would be a hell of an achievement. Um and I just I, I think right now 
Darren and Tony are working so hard trying to get bodies in, like because they'll have been completely rocked by that Wallace thing as well. I mean, that is that is you know no no team in any league with a week to go at the season losing their best player and it isn't completely affected by it. I think they'll be trying very hard. I I just get the feeling they're completely constrained with what they can do. I, I, like we're talking about the wages that we're saving with. I don't think that's to be reinvested in the squad. It can't be, otherwise they would have probably done it. I think that, as I say, that's why that's why the two keepers were let go because there's no point paying, say, 150 quid a week, 200 quid a week to two keepers when you can maybe pay 250 a week for one. So neither of them would have wanted to be back up again, I'm guessing. I, I, I Yeah, as I say, I, I think the more worrying thing for me is is our financial situation. It can't be. It can't be good. It just can't be. Is it that it can't be good, or just can't we compete with the teams around us? Because let, let's have let's have a look at it, right? And, yeah. and 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 try and defend the club where we can. So you've got teams in our league. Queens Park have got money. Falkirk, Alloa. Um, you've got Airdrie spending a bit. Um, cool. So that's. Cove, obviously, yeah, that goes without saying. So, in my opinion, that takes the first five places in the league if yeah. you give Montrose the fact that they'll probably do the same again. Now, I don't know whether he listens to the show or not, but I got absolutely slated by Andrew Miller on on Twitter last week for, for those of you that, that didn't see it. Um, you know, the fact that I'd backed Dan Young in the past. And, you know, his point was that he believes that we've done nothing but regress under Darren Young. And, and this is a point that I'm going to um, make to you. Is, is his point is that we should be pushing for the playoffs and that we should be looking to, to push through the barrier. My point is is that I think that we forget, or fans sometimes forget, where we are as a club. Now, I get the, the fact that you get the, the odd you know, fluke, like, like a breaking going up or a, um, an, an Arbroath or, or a Montrose doing well, you know, the clubs without money. And I get that that happens. But, I mean, we are competing in the toughest league in Scotland against a lot of big teams, a lot of teams with more money than us. Um, and, you know, I, I think Darren's had an incredible career at East Fife and considering what he's brought us. I mean, like, really the highest league finishes in over 30 years, I believe, um, or, or since um, Archibald left, beating the Rovers. We've, you know, had good cup runs, you know. And I get that we've been almost playoffs and, and, and things like that, but... I mean, really, he's, he's, he's done a good job. And I get, I get that now, you know, fans, we, we've set that standard that that's the type of club that we want to be. Um, but really, you know, we're, you know, Queen's Park will be playing a lot more money than us. Airdrie, Cove, yep. you know, Fogberg, I've just... No, it's not, it's not, they, they won't, that won't even be close. You know, yep. those, those clubs that we named, that's not even close. Now, people can point at, you know, examples of clubs who've maybe overachieved compared to their budget. But the reality is, if you take every single club in Scotland and you are somehow able to know what their wage budget was, if you plotted their wage budget in the position that they finish, it would be incredibly close. It is the most important thing, hands down. Now, not many clubs either do vastly better than their wage budget or do much worse. Um, and I think, you know, we haven't, I would say under Dan Young, we've not sort of, you know, vastly overachieved, but I think we've kind of held our own and maybe did a little bit better. 
But but you know, football fans, it's the same everywhere. You expect constant progression. So you expect us to be getting better every single year, even if our wage budget goes down, even if other teams' wage budgets goes up. You know, it's to to a lot of football fans, it's not acceptable. You know, you you have to overachieve all the time just to meet expectations, and you know, it's 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 unrealistic. I think, you know, in terms of wage budgets, I would say that you know, from the look of it, us and Clyde are probably the lowest. Peter Header maybe about that and I would be surprised um, if the three of us are not bottom. Dumbarton may not be uh, a big way ahead of that and I would be surprised if those four clubs are not the bottom four. Well, I think the I other six have got more money. Dumbarton are actually in a bit of financial difficulty. Well, they just Didn't they just go full time? They've just signed, I've checked, they've brought in 17 players. 14 of them are signed, so there's three loan deals in there. That's a lot then for a club that's in financial difficulty. They, they, they were owned by some, you know, just some faceless company. And then some other, like, investment company yeah. bought that company. And they came out with all with a shite, like, oh, we're going to, you know, we're wanting to move Dumbarton up the leagues and we're going to bring in all these full-time players, which sounds like a disaster to me because you're like, no, you, you're saying you want to do goal. that. Aye, yeah. But um, so you know, I felt like either they were actually going to do it and they were going to splash all this money, or it was just going to completely tits up. Um, but I mean, they made some decent signings like Paul Payton, Andy Gagan. You know, they look they look all right to me. Um, they'll be down. They'll be down with the rest of us. The bottom four will be Dumbarton, Peterhead, Clyde, and Eastlife. Yeah. I think we're in a three... Well, unless Dumbarton do hit a big financial issue, I think we're in a three-horse race for the, the two relegation spots. And as Doug said, like eighth for me is going to be an achievement this season. Ninth might even be an achievement this season. I don't want to finish ninth because if any, if the results that we've had recently are indicative of how our season's going to be... I mean, we just lost to Elgin, who are a yeah. bang average um, League 2 team. Um, and I wouldn't fancy us in the playoffs unless we significantly strengthen. And, and that's the point I want to make. I don't want us to sound like doom merchants. We're not saying that the season's over before it started. We're just saying it, it's, you know, I'm looking out the rear view window and it's covered in shite. Um, so I, I do have some some serious concerns. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having a look and, and thinking of, uh, of, of players that, you know, if we manage to get them on loan, you'd be like, decent, you know, that that's going to be an improvement. And a, a name keeps coming up my head, somebody like a Jamie Gullen, who's still at Hibs, um, who's went to, to lower league clubs on loan 700 times and has, has done quite well. He's the sort of player I think that, you know, would probably be an ideal replacement for Wallace. Um, but we're still going to need a player to play alongside him. And I'm sorry, but it's not um, Sean Brown, but I'll happily eat my hat at the end of the season if he scores 15 plus goals. I think that the, the overwhelming feeling from us all is that we are concerned, but we're, we're still willing to give the club the, the, the time to, to bring some players in and change our mind on that. And look, I would urge all fans to do the same. You know, we're not a, a Real Madrid or a, a major there fucked as well, actually. We're not a Paris Saint-Germain. Um, you know, we don't have a bottomless cash bit of money. This isn't football manager. You know, you can't just go into the editor and give yourself some extra cash. 
you know, th- this is real life. We're in a club. Now, I'm not going to blame COVID because every club's had to deal with COVID. But we're, we aren't a club with an endless resource. We're not a Kelty. We don't have a sugar daddy. There's not that someday bankrolling us. You know, we're, we're a small family club. And things have been difficult for us in the last year. And hopefully we can find the time to turn that around. But just before we move on to the next subject, yeah, we're going to bring to you this week's Have You Heard, and it's from one of our regulars, Phil Charletta, with his latest song, Bonnie Toon. When you left me standing I remember the day when you left me stranded And I waited, waited for you But you never seemed to come back home I remember when you said we'd be together I remember when you said we'd last forever and I waited, waited for you But you never seemed to come back home Back home When I see your face I must stop the place Good, I'm counting the days Till I'm coming back home To you she take me back home, said I bought Disappeared forever And I waited Waiting for you But you never Seemed to Call my boy My boy When I see Your face I must Good I'm counting the days Till I'm coming Take me back 
So, PG Charletta, Phil Charletta there with his latest tune, Bonnie Toon. Um, really enjoyed that one. Definitely gives you that sort of Loch Lomond-esque vibe, you know, the song you're going to expect to hear at the end of a wedding, etc. But all the best with the latest release, Phil. So, just coming back out of that then, I mean, We've spoken in several, several shows um, over the past 50 um, about where we are as a club and that sort of thing. Doug, I mean, realistically, in terms of crowd size, in terms of, you know, stature, I mean, in terms of stature, you know, we obviously we know our history. Um, you know, we're a proud club with, you know, previous successes, etc. But, I mean, you know, that aside, and I mean, even crowds aside, I don't think crowds really matter anymore. Look at Kelly, look at Kelly, right? They've got somebody behind them that's prepared to put money into them. I mean, they're paying boys like Fash £450 a week. Joe Cardell is, I believe, on something ridiculous, like five to £600 a week. You know, we just can't compete with these, and I'm not going to say ambitious clubs because we're not, we're not able to compete with these clubs with somebody bankrolling them. But it's kind of a loss. You know, what do we do? I mean... <laughs> Like you say, that one significant money man or money woman in a club may, is is absolutely key. And I think what we've got is a board of directors who are, you know, putting in as much as they can, they're working as hard as they can to kind of keep the club sort of going. And maybe not going, that sounds like it's in really bad straits, but do you know what I mean? Just to kind of keep us competitive. I mean, I think, I think that's what the fans can forget at times is that we're we shouldn't we shouldn't be in the championship as we stand like not not even close really like you, you you've listed those clubs in our league that are twice the size of us in terms of financial backing like as Gordon says twice the size I mean that's so significant it's unreal and for me the reason that we are feeling this way and sort of that the fans, a section of the fans get behind or on Darren Young's back is in the last four or five years, we've, we have progressed enough to teeter on that sort of dangling carrot of promotion playoffs. And the, that word promotion comes into the playoff thing. So you kind of go, oh, that's where we should be. But we're only there because he's taken us there slowly but surely. Yeah, And that's what people need to forget. I think like before Darren was there, I mean, obviously, you know, we, we, we still kind of semi-yo-yoed a bit between League 2 and League 1. So it, he's really established us as a sort of solid League 1 side, which, with how competitive this league's been, is bloody good going for, this, for the sort of size of club we are. And we talk about, you know, we talk about like crowd wanking, that like Falkirk doing all these things. But when you're only really pulling in 400, 500 fans, you're not going to compete. You're not because you're not unless you've got that sugar daddy. Money's not coming in enough 
to, to enable you to spend on wages, to enable you to push that extra weight. And unless you push in a dangerous way, as in threatening the long-term running of the club, we are where we are. And I think fans, for me this year, my worry and is fans coming back to Bayview because we know what Bayview can get like. And I think the kind of mutiny on Darren Young is way over the top. And it's, I think this is where we've got to pull together. And if we finish eighth, bloody celebrate finishing eighth. You know, if, if it's a scrappy crap game against Queen's Park in that first game, we win one nil in terrible football. It's massive. It's three points. It's just that the expectation now just has to drop. It has to drop massively. Look at our squad. Look at other team squads and reset where your expectations are because right now with a lot of fans there are ridiculous. Doug, the argument back to that is going to be, well, why should we? Why should we? You know, that, and, and that's not my argument. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm being the voice of Bay, like the, the fans at Bayview. And I totally get your point where, you know, people should realign their expectations and totally get the point about Bayview. Our home season saved our ass last year. Um, and I worry when we go back to Bayview and it's that sort of horrible atmosphere that we then lose our home form and our way forms equally shite and we really will be in trouble but you know the fans are going to be saying well you know look at the likes of Montrose right they they can't they don't have money and but what they do have is an excellent manager and he's he's using his acumen and his his management skills and his recruitment skills and they're bringing in the right players and they're making steady progress year on year whereas Fans looking at it are going to be saying, well, we're not doing that. Why not? Yeah, but uh, I wouldn't, I mean, uh, are we not making progress year and year? I mean, I know it's been kind of sort of very marginal gains maybe, but I mean, you you could also say that Montrose are pretty much where they were last year and the year before. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. so, it's so difficult to, to go down that route. I mean, if, if, Fans are thinking we should be that higher up. It, it, you have to put your frustration to the board because if they're saying we've no ambition, it's not because Darren Young can't sign players. He can't sign players because we've not got any money. And, that, and that's not, I don't think that is an ambition thing. That's just life. We just don't have a loaded owner. So if you're loaded and you want to invest in a football club, come on down. But until then, how can you push the next level if you don't have the resources? But Montrose are a great example. Um... You know, all these things, like they, they get so much praise. Stuart Petrie gets so much praise. Montrose as a club gets so much praise. It's universal, right? In the last two seasons, what's been the difference in points and goals and score between us and Montrose? Almost nothing. You know, they've just pipped ahead of us on the last day twice. So this great club that is getting in this great manager. Now, yeah, they, they don't have someone pumping money into them, same as we don't. That you know, Montrose are, have underachieved for years, decades probably, but they're a similar sized club to us. You know, they're in the same kind of general sphere, um, and we've been pretty much neck and neck with them for two years. Um, now, and and they've done a very Stuart Petrie. We were talking about this, um, you know, Darren Young sort of transfer policy, keeping the same squad, marginal changes. That's what Stuart Petrie does as well. Now, Montrose this year seem to have basically kept everyone. They've lost a couple of loan players that were important to them, but they haven't really lost any, you know, signed players. 
Whereas we have, you know, to me, that's, if you're looking at us and Montrose, that's the kind of, the main difference this year. You know, if they lost two, three of their most important players, would they, for all that Stuart Peach is a great manager, would they have the money to go out and replace them? No, they wouldn't. You know, they would. And if they, if, if they have a sticky season, will their fans call for his head? No. Absolutely no chance. I think that's I mean, a fantastic point you've made, Gordon. It's totally, that's spot on. The difference in mentality between a set of supporters and another set of supporters is is frightening. And you're right, it's two, it's almost exact same options. One, we want the manager sacked, or a lot of people do, and one, the guys are God. Why? Like, I was, I mean, I was um, talking about England and their fans, and I was sort of making the point, like, they won the World Cup back in 1966 when they played every game at Wembley, and statistically... Home teams won the World Cup about half the time it was played. Now that that put an England English fans' head that they were one of the big big nations in football, and they're not. They never have been. You know, if you actually compare their achievements with other countries, they're not. They're nowhere near the top. Uh, they've never been to a final outside their own country, right? But you know, that's England bashing. But for us, you know, we won the Scottish Cup in 1938. We won three League Cups. You know, and even for us that weren't alive for that, you know, I think in people's mind that puts us that we're not the same as these shitty little diddy teams. We know we're a little team, but somehow we're better. You know, for Montrose fans, they've never won anything. They've had 20 years of, you know, abysmal football, abysmal performances, and they're just kind of happy. You know, they could have, they could get relegated this season and, you know, or, you know, they could finish eighth. And I don't think their fans will get angry. But for us, it's like it's no good enough somehow. Um, yeah, there's parts I think of that. You that have I to... think, right? There is parts of that I take, but we are a bigger club than Montrose. Marginally, I would say so. Yeah. Now, I mean, if you, but I mean, size. Why? Size Why is in, size is income. It's income. That's what it is. So you're looking at fans. It, it, it's income. I mean, in terms of performance, you could look at history, right? But size of club and how that translates into how good you are is income. All it is is income. Now, how many more fans, you know, what's what's Montrose's average attendance over the past few years compared to us? It won't be much difference. So they they neither of us have these kind of sugar daddies. So we're probably two clubs that are kind of operating with a similar income. Um. You know, if there's a difference between the two clubs, I don't think it'll be too much. Could we go and take a Montrose player? You know, could we chap on Cali Valentine's door and say, yeah. you know, come and sign for these five, we'll give you more money. You know, that that's how you, that's a lot of the time, to me, that's a simple thing for, is this club bigger than that club? I mean, you know. Well, we just obviously, it's a bigger club than us. Yes. I mean, Historically, yes, and I think they have a bigger budget. Now, you've also got things like Kelty, who obviously aren't historically a bigger club than East Fife, but if we're competing for the same player, he's going to Kelty. Like, that's it. They'll just get a checkbook out and throw money you know, at him. Let's put this in real life terms, right? So, we've, we've all got jobs. I mean, if, if you're a, a football player, it's a job, right? It's a great job, but it's a job. And you're Nathan Austin or Fash or Judas or whatever you want to call him. You know, he, he loves East Fife. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He, he scored the, the goals against us, didn't celebrate, which I'll give him his, his kudos for. He could have 
gave it a resounding get it right up his task, but he never. Put my job, for example, I work for a, a telecoms company and say there's a new upstart telecoms company come up and they go, right, Lee, you know, we've, we've seen you've been a good manager for years. We're going to give you an extra £250 a week to come and do the exact same job. But for us, I'd be like, £250 a week? It's an extra £1,000 a month. That's an extra twelve grand a year. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Right. My friend, yeah. I've been with my company for eight years, but I would be like, twelve grand. See you later. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, company I work for, um, really like my job, really like the company. Um, if somebody came along and said, oh, you know, we'll offer you the same money or a wee bit more, I'd probably say no. Somebody comes yeah. along and says, I'll double your salary. Like, I'll see you later. Aye, yeah. yeah. The, the point I was going to make there was, you know, I've been for a company that, that worked, for, worked for a company that's been established for, for 18 years, right? But equally, if a new company came up and they're like, oh, well, actually, they've got a lot of really good plans in place. I actually really like the look of their model. They're going to show a lot of ambition. They're going to be the next big thing and they're going to want to pay me more money. It's a no-brainer. So I think that, you know, I was, I was trying to take your, your your point there about, you know, Montrose and being linear and, there's you know, if it's eeksy-peeksy, why would you move, you know? You know, the company I work for, if there was one of the other ones, like so O2 or, or Vodafone or whatever, came to me and said, look, Lee, we're going to offer you the exact same money to move. I'm like, well, why would I? I'm comfortable where I am. So, no, nah, I totally I totally get that. Um, and it's something I'll just eat a little slice of humble pie. The, the, the argument for... I, like, sorry, I was just I was even going to say, Michael, will bring him back in there. You know, we talk about, you know, we're a bigger club than this club or, you know, like... What would make East Fife, in your eyes, Michael, a bigger club than Montrose, for example, if we're just looking at those two? Success on the park and a stated ambition. Like, I mean, what Lee's saying there about if you're offered the same, pretty much the same amount of money, I would go to, like, if I was a footballer and I was with a club and then another club said, look, we can't really afford to offer you more or that much more. But we feel you're the ideal piece that we need for this team. This is where we want to be in two years' time, and three years' time. We've got ambition. We want to go up, and we're, we'll show it on the pitch. Do you believe in what we're doing? Do you buy into what we're doing? If so, I'd like you to come. So, stated ambition. I know five-year plans are kind of passe and stuff. We need to have that. I've got a lot of things to, to quickly mention just from things that you guys have been saying there. Right, Darren Young. I can see why folk think we've regressed under him because I think we've it's not so much regressed, I think we've plateaued. He's taken us as far as we can and it's not necessarily his fault that he can't take us to the next level because to get to that next level it's to have better players into the team and if the money isn't there to get those better players it's hard to take you further. I would say, though, that he was given a lot of money the last two years on players. Bringing somebody like Swanson in was a statement of intent. Didn't work out injury-wise, which has is, is really crippled that. And some of the other guys that we, we've been paying the, the money for as well. If you want to go to that next level, it's easy to say it's just money. But in a lot of ways, it is. I feel that we are bad for looking at our history and that's what makes us feel we're a big club. For the majority of fans that say watched us this century, we've done nothing to make us think that we're a big club. There's so many clubs that's further ahead of us. 
like if you want like look at Clyde what they did in the late 50s and 60s they've their fans are of a right to say oh we're a massive club because of what we did and all this kind of stuff I, we need fresh blood on the pitch I feel we need fresh blood on the managerial side but we need fresh blood in that boardroom and that's not a knock on the current guys that are working day in and day out and putting their hard-earned money into it but they can only take us to a certain level Scottish football's changing You've got all these tiers now. There's always been tiers, Celtic and Rangers. And the tiers are going to be ours at the end of the season, I think. Yeah, I think there will be a lot of tiers. <laughs> but there's even more tiers because you've got clubs that's not even in the football league that are way more ambitious because they've got the sugar daddy or they've got somebody that thinks they can do it. And I think in Scottish football, it's not too hard to get success, probably up to championship level. Do you not think that's going to be basically that's going to have like a time limit on it though, right? Yeah, because, it's going I mean, to lead to more third Lanarx, more greatness. This guy at Kelty, can't mind his name, Dean somebody. I mean, he came in. You know, to be fair to Kelty, they were the first big junior team to take that jump into the pyramid. Um, I don't know when when he came in or whatever, but he's obviously seen. Well, if I if I stick money in a Kelty, you know, we can we can jump into the lowland. We can jump into League Two, and obviously with the money he's got, they can jump into League One. Mm-hmm. But you know, there, there's going to be a time where he doesn't have endless supplies of money, and he's not going to put millions of pounds in the guilty. No, there's going to I get guess a time he's, when he's then hit. hoping though that he's got the crowds in and he's built something in the local community to have other investors, and because that's where Gretna went wrong. But, it was but, all Brooks Mileson, and they didn't but, have the supporters to back it up. You've kind of, you know, this change has been made to Scottish football where suddenly that path is available to all these clubs. But after a few years, things will kind of, you know, they'll kind of settle out mm-hmm. into, you know, where clubs should be. And actually, like, you've got clubs now, potentially big clubs. Now, if you put money into them, there's all this distance you can go, oh, we can get promoted and it's exciting. But after a wee while, it'll just become, that'll become normal again. And I think, you know, we've got this little period where, you know, there seems to be clubs all over the place where people are just putting silly money into it. I mean, you talk about Queen's Park, that's Willie Hoy, who's a billionaire. And he basically just said, here's Queen's Park, here's pretty much a blank check for about 10, 15 years. That, that's insane. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they brought in the Ann Dempster. Who yeah. and, and what's she doing, that, eh? That, that, well, there's only one thing she's doing it for. But I mean that that that's just incredible business, and what you know, we just I would love it to be us, but it's not. I mean, I'd rather have Jack Hamilton back than Leanne Dempster, to be fair. She doesn't do it on the pitch. It's like you need the people that's going to do it on the pitch. Oh no, right. she, she's she's not getting you twenty goals a season. No, but the, the point I'm making about Leanne Dempster, she's. It's that is an ambitious appointment. That's yeah. getting something that's that's managed a club at the, you know pretty much the highest you can in Scottish football outside the the, yeah. the stick buns or Celtic. And players but, see that and they're like, oh, I want to be a part of that. Absolutely. But, I mean, literally, how, how many times have you been at Queens Park over the year? And the ground's been obviously I know hand is massive, but it's been empty. Yeah. Here's here's a question. Here's a question about ambition versus money, right? So you have got yeah. Queens Park who give this big ambition. We've gone. We've gone professional now we are going to get to the championship we've hired Leanne Dempster but we're not going to pay you 500 quid a week 600 quid a week you still want to sign no they don't I mean 
it, I, to me, this stuff about, you know, going to sign for Kelty, you know, I've, I'm Jordan Foster, I'm Nathan Austin, I've just signed for Kelty, and somebody puts a microphone in front of you and so like, why have you dropped down from the championship to, to Kelty's? Oh, oh, well, you know, the ambition of the club, and, you know, it's a, such a great feeling, and I've always wanted to play for Barry Ferguson. It's like, fuck off, they offered you double what the second highest offer was this is it all these all these people oh i'm going to drop down to queen's park so it can take me two or three years to get back to where i already am no nah, it's money time and money um, yeah yeah it, I mean, it's, and, 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 and fair, fair play to them like you know lee like you're saying if you if there's like a small company and they're like we're just starting up and we want to get big you know but but and we've got all this ambition, and we're going to pay you lots of money. You're like, I fine. If you're if you're a wealthy investor, you, Queens Park is a perfect club to invest in because they're they're in a city where you're either Rangers or Celtic, or you hate them both. So they've got a huge catchment. Is I know my brother's like uh, youngest, not youngest. His eldest kid, who's like 10, he, I think he's going to start going to Queen's Park because it's literally just down the road and it's probably going to be quite exciting the next few years, you would imagine. But you're in a city where you can actually, you know, you, if, as an investor, you'd look at it and go, in 10 years' time, we could have five, 6,000 crowds. Whereas if you invested at East Fife, unless you, I just don't, you know, that sort of thing is not really going to happen. Yeah. But then you, it's, it's so much easier to invest in a club like Queen's Park right now than it would be to East Fife. But then you look at uh, Dunfermline being bought by a random bunch of Germans. You know, it's, it's, that's yeah. true, though. That, that, that's the stuff that worries me. Because that's folks yeah. just playing fantasy football or football manager with their real money. Either that or they're looking at the club as an asset. Um, yeah. And, you know, well, we could knock that down, uh, East End Park down. Well, yeah, look where that build, is. I mean, it's build, prime uh, for... Yeah, prime location. Knock down the stadium, build a smaller stadium because they never fill it mm-hmm. um, at a fraction of the cost. Yep. I buy the retail parks or something. And yeah. yeah. So, I mean, look, it's a case of are, should we be content in the fact that we're probably going to be you know, fighting for our, our life or do we bemoan the lack of ambition we overspend and, and you know, shit hits the fan? It's, I, I honestly don't know it's, it's which one's the lesser of the two evils. But you don't think, like, there's there's different, like, the way I think of it, if you look at football clubs, there's there's different ambitions on different timescales, right? Like, you've got short, which is, like, this season, medium, next two or three seasons, like, who are you giving contracts to? And then you've got long, like, 10, 15, now, if you want to have this long-term ambition, if you want to say, right, you know, for these five, if we want to move up a level like of club, we need more fans in. So 10, 15 years, we need to do things that in 10, 15 years, instead of getting five, 600 crowds, we're getting eight, 900,000. You can't do that in a year. Right? I mean, you can give away free tickets, but you won't make anything of it. Short-term, you know, the, the ambition you can have is very limited. Like, you know, you... You could, you know, if 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 these five directors could just say, right, you know, we're going to pump every penny we have into the club so that we can sign two or three extra players. That's mental. Like nobody should be doing that. You know, we don't have extra. You know, like Kelty can maybe decide, oh, should our wage budget be half a million this year or six hundred thousand? We can't do that. I mean, 
presumably what, what the club are doing is they're looking at their income, they're looking at their costs and saying, here's what we have and we're going to spend it. Um, you know, there's not there's not a war chest that we can be more ambitious with. That's not it. Um, you know. I think my, my, my summing up of this whole, because we could talk about this forever, is I have constantly called out East Fife fans on Facebook and whatnot who say the same crap every time about we're not ambitious, blah, blah, blah. And then you ask them, what can we do? And they never, ever, ever even attempt an answer because they don't know. Because that's such an obvious question to say, we're not ambitious enough. Well, how the hell do we get more ambitious? How do we do that? You know, tell us. Because we, we don't know. And they don't know. Nobody knows. So stop, stop using that stupid, you know, we need to be ambitious. We, we should be bigger. Well, tell us how. Because, you're, you know, that's like, oh, we'll just sack him. We'll, we'll do this. We'll do it's so like like you say, Lee. It's complete and utter football manager wash. And it's if it was easy, old. if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Yeah. There's forty. There's forty other clubs. There's twenty other part-time clubs. If it was a simple you answer, you support you support your club when you're doing well, and you love those moments. And in moments like this, when it's dire straits, you've got to dig in as a fan base and and support them because otherwise, what's the point? Go and support fucking Rangers and Celtic and be glory seekers and think everything's great all the time. Or, you know, or, or, or don't, just don't go back. I mean, like, you know, we, we, there's three or four guys that I argue, we, we could lose them from baby. I don't care. Nobody cares about this this guy or that guy. I'm not going to name names, but they know who I'm talking about. If, you're, if you fucking hate her that much, don't come back. Nobody's going to miss you. You know, who cares? Because don't just spout the same crap. Give us something feasible and tangible to going forward instead of just Morning. It's like, I don't, like I don't think that we're in the position that we would be telling fans not to come back. I, I, I disagree. I with am. Well, and Doug, Doug Perry's opinion is that of Doug Perry only, and his views do not represent those of Glory Days of Gold. But the, 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 I don't think we're in a position we could tell fans not to come back. I think fans, you know, we want the best. We we, we want to be challenging. We want the world, and we want it now. I get it. Um, but you know, I, we, I, I get one point I will agree with is we need to be collective and and supporting our club and and getting behind them and doing what we can. I mean, last see, last year, you know, we've been critical of the fan base, but last year we were excellent as a fan base at, at rallying around the club when we got the fine. I mean, the amount of money that came in and we put into the club because we are good fans, right? I've, I've accused of us of us of being fickle in the past. There's and you know. At, at times I will stand by that and at times I, I do shake my head at some of the stuff but you know every club has that but the fact of the matter is if you love the club continue to love the club but don't be blinded by you know your, your anger at, at a few poor results I've been guilty of it in the past and so have we all but the, the fundamental fact is we're East Five fans it's through thick and thin just get down there and, and support the club buy the new shirt buy the new uh, spend some money in the club shop you know Pay into the, the manager's fund. Do what you can. And if and if you look, if you are going to moan, you know that that we're not ambitious, we're not doing this, we're not doing that. Then you know let's let's do what we can to support the club when we can. And um, speaking of which, is anybody going to buy the the new shirt? I've I've not seen it in the flesh yet. About the broccoli, the Wrigley Spearmint away kit. Yeah, I didn't I find know. it, but I probably won't buy it. Uh, do you know what? Adam? That really pissed me off. That, that annoyed me. Who, who cares? It's just a colour, you balloons. I know. That's a, and these are the same people, Lee, that can get to... I'm telling you, 
These are the these are the closet Huns and Tims that, that lower league teams don't need. So they can piss off It's a Rangers top. Yeah, there's going to be about 50 fans left if I've got anything to do with this. I've got three things I want to say, and then we'll kind of bring things maybe to to a close for this episode. Right, first of all, regarding fans, the criticism is because we love the club and we care about the club. And if you don't have that passion, the club's really fucked. So yeah, that indeed. that's why they do it. But it's also to like be realistic with your criticism. Does the club have they come out and said what their plan is for the next like three years or five years? Even like a couple of years ago, no. did they say this is our five-year plan? I don't think he's like ever said anything like that. They Which probably should though um, to let the, fans the, know. Like we, like here with the white caps, the one of the owners came out and said, "Look, we know who we are," which is basically we don't spend as much money as some of the other teams in this division. But then you've got the likes of Miami, who's the biggest spenders, and they're absolute shit because they've got Neville in charge and he's been a clusterfuck. But it's like if we came out and said, "Look, this is where we are. This is the financial reality." I think some fans would temper expectations. You're always going to get some that's like. Well, we need to find someone that's going to put money into the club, and we're, we need to get investors and stuff like that. You go find them. If there's any Qataris listening to this? Get in touch. We'll put you in. in touch. <laughs> not not so much for the slave labour, but we'll, we'll we'll see what we can do around some other things. I mean, we, we I mean, <laughs> I we, we, we can over, we can overlook <laughs> stuff like that. FIFA have. So. Oh yeah, um, FIFA overlook everything. Talking, keeping on fans. The positive is. We're getting back to games. I do worry because I look at the first three fixtures. Queen's Park at home. I know it's at home. It's Queen's Park. I'm not confident in our current state of taking anything from that. Then away to Aloha, away to Cove. I can see us being zero points from those first three games. Immediately, that puts the pressure on Montrose at home. You kind of have to take something from that. Then you've got Peterhead at home. Then you've got Dumbarton away. If we have not got a lot of points from those first six games, the atmosphere at Bayview is going to be horrible. And folk will turn on Young. Folk's already turned on him. You've got to support him. He's not going to walk away after getting offered a two-year deal. The club's not going to fire him after getting offered a two-year deal because they're going to have to pay him out. He's been criticised for, oh, he just wants to go to another club and he's applying for all these jobs under the sun. How do you get that job? Success in the park. If you're an, a bomb scare of a team and players are walking out, that's not going to do his stock any good. So it's in his best interest to turn things around. So you've got to, you can't criticise him for wanting to do something better. In, in summary, we've got to be with the team just now, but the, the board have to come out and, and say where they are and just what the realistic expectations are this year. That's, I think that's, that's my, my point. Feeling. I think... I think I think there's we could definitely do with, with some communication because what we are fearing is that you know we are in deep trouble and the, you know the club could come out but mind you there's there's always a two edged sword to that we could come out and say look there is money in the pot you know we, we haven't spent our budget yet but then it's going to be getting to the point now where people will know we're desperate and they'll be ramping up the prices yeah so we've got to be careful on the communication that we put out but we could be saying look we still believe that um, we're, we're going to be competitive this season. You know, we, we're, we're going to go out and we're, we're, we're trying to bring in a striker. We're trying to do this. We're trying to do that. 
But equally, that for every re- reaction, there's there's the opposite side of, of how that could affect the club as well. So we do have to be careful. But I think that you know, I you know, in terms of communication, I would like to see a little bit more from the club in terms of you know the Danny Swanson situation. Just tell us. Just say, look, he's going to be out for six months. You know, oh, yeah. then yeah. we 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 then know. Okay, our best player is now unavailable for the next six months. Most of the communication you see about that is like you know it'd be out for between six to twelve weeks. Now, there's a massive, you know, if you're if you're Queens Park, you know Danny Swanson isn't playing. Like, there's no way it's like oh well you know a team we're playing in seven weeks might might know Danny Swanson's back. It's like they're not even thinking about it yet. You know, no. six yeah. to twelve weeks is fine, and that. You know, is it going to be Christmas? Is it going to be the whole season, or is it going to be the first few weeks? And yeah. I don't think there's any harm. In H- have they actually it. confirmed what the injury is? I've not seen it because, like, from judging by guys that's had knee injuries and stuff here, a lot of that is season ending. So yeah. it might just be that they're still undergoing tests on him, and they don't want to see anything. I think when I, I seen something in the East Fife Mail from um, from Darren and our good friend Scott Ingalls, hello Scott. Um, that it wasn't as bad as first feared. But is that he's done a double cruciate and he's, you know, he's going to be out, um, you know, for a next year? Or is it, well, he's dislocated his knee and it's still going to be six months? But we don't know because that communication isn't there. Yeah, you know, we didn't know why it was first feared. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. That's true. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I, you know his, his leg isn't broken in half. Hey, um, you know, but, you know, I'm not comparing us to. A Manchester United or a Liverpool or even a Rangers or a Celtic, whatever. But you know these clubs will come out and say, you know, the injury sustained by X player um, is, and he will be out for this level of time. If you could do that at the top top level of football, you can certainly do it in League One. And I think that the communication needs to be there. Now, granted, you know, we, we don't have a communications officer, we don't have all that sort of um, extra roles that, that players have got. But I mean, even just one tweet, you know. I'm sure that if you know the club are, are struggling to find time to, to get these communications out, I would happily volunteer to help them on their social media. You know, more than happy to, to help however I can. But I'm sure there'll be lots of fans that could. But that communication has to be there because right now we are in no man's land. We don't know what's happening. Um, I think that the occasional um, newsletter and stuff that I get an email from Jim Stevenson and stuff is great. Um, but you know, realistically, fans want to know, and particularly after this Ryan Wallace announcement today. We are all, I, I, I mean, my arsehole is going like Thumper's nose. I am absolutely bricking it because I'm like, you know, Ryan Moss wasn't an out-and-out out out goal scorer, but he was the best player on our team by a country mile last year. And he, he carried also, games. It's also It's also his announcement. It's not been yes. the club's announcement. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the point I'm making. He's made that yeah. announcement today. You know, and that probably not to the knowledge of the club, so they'll probably be scrambling just now. Well, it was but, during the game as well. I was, I think, I was, you, I think the time deleted, off it was interesting. I think he deleted the tweet because I looked for it and I couldn't see it. So I wonder if somebody's, you know, if the club had no idea. It's the sort of thing for me. By by close of play Monday, the club they have to have put out something just saying, you know, regrettably this has happened, this has happened. Therefore, Ryan's decided to hang up his boots. We wish him well. Blah blah blah. Just something, just that you know, you need you need the line of communication to be open between. Them. And as you say, Lee, with, with social media now, it, whether you've got a communications officer or not, it's no hard to put out a, you know, 
a, a couple line tweet before. Danny Swanson has it's not as bad as feared, but he's done this and he's out for we, we reckon he's out for three months. And we go. You okay. could be, you could be, you could be talking about one or two tweets a week. You know, you could say, yeah. oh, every Thursday we'll just for something to say we'll put it out in a tweet. It'll take ten minutes. Can I what? can I launch a bomb? Yeah, yeah. Launch a bomb in here and just go one week to go Queens Park at home. What's the predictions? What's the thoughts? Three 0 East Fife. Oh, hey, interesting. I was going to say 3-0 Queen's Park. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Rocky 3, Clubber Lang. Clubber, what's your prediction for the match? Pain. I'm talking... Oh. I, I, I can't see a scoring. Um, I'm going to go 2-0 Queen's Park, unfortunately. And Gordon, I, I'm, I'm going to you to keep up with the predictions and our 3-2-1s this year. Thanks in advance. <laughs> I'm going to be I'm going to be weirdly positive and say I'm not convinced <laughs> I'm not I'm not convinced Queen's Park have got that great a team on paper is that just me or I've just never I kind of it's, had a it's how they are on artificial turf though Doug that's the important thing sure I mean, they're not they're not, they're not they're not like some kind of wonder team no I was no. looking at their through their squad today and like it's solid you know yeah. it's just like it's just like somebody's gone, can you go out and get me 18, you know, kind of decent League One lower-end championship players to fill a squad, please? And they've done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no. I'm going to go I'm, I'm gonna go for one-all. Um, and I'm going to go for my personal hero and who will be my favourite player this season, Sean the Bomber Brown, to score our goal. Won the Bomber. I think it says a lot when Doug's like, I'm going to be optimistic here, one all. <laughs> At home. Well, it's, so, been very, it's been very doom and gloom from, from us all today. That's, that's so, one feel you had a zero that's point. like a win. Game, I, I, I have a zero points from the first three games. I'll, I, I, I feel like we're going to lose that game one nil, but you know, a little, if I can drop a little bit of optimism in, I did mention I went to the Dundee United game and we actually played very well. Um, but lost. I thought we we, we 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 still got beat, but... And didn't score. You know, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a premier team and... Um, they had a good you know, team out, to be fair. Yeah. They had, a, they had a strong team out and, you know, a lot of the time, you know, if you play a Premier League team, even if, even if you get a result or you play well, you expect that you're going to be kind of really under the cosh for, for spells in the game. We never were, really never were. Um, you know, it looked it looked like a game between two leagues, two teams in the same league. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe you know, this will be like last season where we're shite away from home, but we're really good at home. And then we got beat by Elgin, so maybe that's out. But we played very well, and I thought Sean Brown played well as well. Um <laughs> Massing as well, Gordon, as we're talking about like midfield, for example, what an unbelievable opportunity for Liam Newton. Like, unbelievable opportunity yes. just to go, I'm going to drive this team. You know, if he's as rated as we think he is, and I know the management team rate him, he, he could be he could have a brilliance. He could be that person who drives us forward yeah. in midfield. There's there's a couple of young guys. You're looking at Newton. Um, also, the young guy, Cunningham, who... Came, came on as a sub against Dundee United, and you know he didn't didn't really have much time, but you know he looked very very lively. And there's a couple of players like that where it's like, right, you know, this guy's gone. Here's an opportunity for you. Like, you know, you're gonna get you're gonna get game time. Take it. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. And for someone like Brown, for someone like Brown as well, it's like right, you know, you've got you've got a preseason here. Wallace is out. You're going to be playing pretty much every week. You're fit. You know, here's your opportunity to go and kind of prove yourself. Think or swim. Yep. Um, and let's just hope that it's not uh, not the the sink option, which is the the thought of my heart right now. When I remember that Simon Murray plays for them. But one thing that did make me slightly happy is the fact that Laurie Ellis is their manager, and I don't think that they've made a, a shrewd appointment in there. Um, yeah, it was a weird appointment. Of, uh, it's better than yeah, better than Barry um, Ferguson, though, surely. <laughs> yeah, <at> Alawa. <laughs> yeah, it also gives us someone. It gives us someone to hate in Laurie Ellis. No, and and for, for the record, Simon Murray's pish, so we're fine. Mickey? I don't think we could say he's pish. I think he'll score goals at level one. I would, take him, again, happy. I would <laughs> take him in a heartbeat. I yeah. Uh, this, this, yeah. All this is doing is Simon Murray's listening to this show just now, or someone is. They've written it down. They've pinned it up on the dressing room wall. <laughs> he's going to come out and get the hat trick in that 3 0 win. You know, I, I actually texted Scott Young before the Kelty game and said 2 0, eh, sorry, 3 0 and Fashel score. Um, and he was like, "Yep, he'll score the first and the last one, and then he scored the first and the second. And honestly, like I was down um, on holiday in Brighton, um, and literally just felt from was it one nil, fast, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I was just like seeing that result coming a mile off, and I hope that that's again it's not indicative of the season. But look, we've been on for an hour and a half. We tried said before this we were going to keep it to an hour, but we just love each other's company so much that we've drone and drone on." This is the pre-season special. We hope you've enjoyed it. Um, back to Bayview for the majority of us next week. Michael, maybe you not so much, but I'm hoping to catch up with Doug and Gordon there and perhaps have a pre-match refreshment. Got, uh, Doug's shaking his head. Um, oh, and one final thing is Doug um, is obviously post-pandemic, not delivering um, pastries anymore. He's back being a caddy and he's going to be a lot away on this season in terms of not being able to get to many games. So we are looking for a third. If there's anybody that would like to um, potentially join us for the upcoming season for our fan zones, then get in touch with me on social media and we can have a little bit chat about what we're looking for. Um, Looking for somebody that's a a bit of a confident talker and has a decent football knowledge, open to any and all applicants. So get in touch. Fancy a threesome with Lee and Gordon on a weekly basis? Get in touch. I think I think I think if you're wanting someone who has knowledge on football and speaks confidently, we need more than one to replace us all. Really, let's be honest. Speak for yourself. Better match. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, Michael's very good, but I mean, Lee, come on, me and Gordon, we'd, we'd the back of a fag packet springs to mind. No, there's a very, very good chance of that, actually. Make it sound what like you know one? what you're talking about. Yeah, That'll that's, that's oh, how I've got by over here. An accent I've been and with the like sounds like he's confident. That, that's all yeah. I do. That's all I do when I'm carrying on tour. Just you know, just sound very confident. Ah, oh, it's one six two at the flag end. You'll be fine. Just just hit the ball. Just, when just you use the metal one. Just use the metal one. Like, <laughs> just go with a happy Gilmore approach. It's all the hips, baby. It's all the hips. <laughs> Anyway, I think that's enough from us all. You know where to find us on social media by now. You know who we all are. Thanks again to our sponsors, East Face Community Football Club and Hard Barber. 
But until next week, take care, stay safe, and more importantly, more than five. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.